and today I will read from New Canons of Mythology, the Clairs. Many gods and goddesses are named in North mythology. You will meet quite a few of them in these pages. Most of the stories we have, however, touch on two gods, Odin and his son Thor, and Odin's brother, a giant son called Loki, who lives with the Aesir in Asgard. Odin, the highest and the oldest of all the gods in, in Asgard. Odin knows many secrets. He gives an eye for wisdom, more than that, for knowledge of wounds and for power. He sacrifices himself to himself. He hung from the wall tree. Yagadriadion hung there for nine nights. His side was pierced by, a, by the point of a spear, which wounded him gravely. The winds clutched at him, before it buffed his body as it hung. Nothing did he eat for nine days or nine nights. Nothing did he drink. He was alone there, in pain, the light of his life slowly going out. He was cold, in agony, and on the point of death, when his sacrifice bore dark fruit, the ecstasy of his ecstasy of his agony. He looked down, and the wounds were revealed to him. He knew them and understood them and their power. The wolf, the wolf broke them. Then he fell screaming from the tree. Now he understood magic. The world was his to control. One has many names. He is the Allfather, the Lord of the Slain, the Gallows God. He is the God of Carnage and of Prisoners. He is called Grimmenir and the Third and Third. He has different names in every country for he is worshipped in different forms and in many tongues, but as it is always Odin they worship. He travels from place to place in disguise to see if the world as people see it. When he walks among us, he does so as a tall man, wearing a cloak and a hat. He has two ravens, whom he calls Hingrin and Munian, which mean, which mean thought and memory. These birds fly back and forth across the world, seeking new and bringing, seeking news and bringing order and all knowledge of things. They perch on his shoulders and whisper into his ears. When he sits on his high throne as Higgins Jeff, he observes all things where they may be. Nothing can be hidden from him. He brought war into the world. Battles have begun by throwing a spear at the hostile enemy. Dedicated to the battle and its deaths to Odin. If you survive the ba in battle, it is of Odin's grace. And if you have fallen, it is because he has betrayed you. If you fall bravely in war with the Valkyries, before battle maidens who collect your souls, of the noble dead, will take you, to you and bring you to the hall known as Valhalla. He will be waiting there for you in Valhalla. And there you will drink and and fight and feast and battle with Odin as your leader. For Odin's son is the Thunderer. He is straightforward where his father is coming, good natured where his father is devious. High he is and well bearded and strong, by far the strongest of all the gods. His might is increased by his belt of strength, 
being endured. When he has worked, when he wills it, his strength is double. Fourth weapon, a smelling a remarkable hammer, forged for him by dwarfs. It's the end story you will learn. Fools and frost giants and mountain giants all tremble when they see Melendia, for it has killed so many of their brothers and friends. Four brothers' iron gloves which help him to grip the hammer sheath. For his mother was cured, the earth gods, for his sons are Morty, the angry, and Magni, the strong. For his daughter is heard, the powerful. His wife is Sif, of the golden hair. She has a son, she had a son, Ulfur, Ulu, before she married Thor, and Thor is Ulu's stepfather. Ulu is a god who hunts with a bow and with elves, and he is the god of wolf skins. Thor is the defender of Asgard and of, of Midgard. There are many stories about Thor and his adventures. You will come to some of them here. Loki. Loki is very handsome, he is plausible, convincing like likeable, and far and away from most willy, total, should of all inhabitants of Asgard. It is a pity of him. So much darkness inside him, so much anger, so much envy, so much lust. Loki is the son of Lofri, known who is also known as Nal, or Needle, because she was slim and beautiful and sharp. His father was said to be Fudbuti, a giantess name means he who strikes dangerous foes, and Fudbuti was as dangerous as his name. Loki walks in the sky so shoes that fly, and he can transform his shape to look like other people, or change into an animal form, but his real weapon is his mind. He is more cunning, suitable, trickier than any god or giant, or even Odin is as cunning as Loki. Loki is Odin's brother. The other gods don't know when Loki came to Asgard or how. He is Thor's friend and Thor's betrayal. He is tolerated by the gods, perhaps, because his judgments and plans save them as ask them as they get into trouble. Loki makes the world more interesting but less safe. He is a follower of monsters and often of the wars, sly god. Luffy drinks too much, and he cannot guard his words, or his thoughts, or his deeds when he drinks. Loki and his children will bring the beer there for Wagnock, or the end of everything, and will not be on the side of the gods of Asgard that they will fight. Before the beginning, there was nothing, no earth, no heavens, no stars, no sky. Only the mist world, formless and shapeless, in the fire world. Always burning. To the north was, Nif was Niflheim, the dark world. There, here, earthliness, poisonous, rivers, cut through the mist, each springing from the same well. At the centre of a town, the warm millstone called Hevergulium. Nephilim was colder than cold, and the mucky mist that cloaked everything hung heavily. The skies were hidden by mist, and the ground was clouded by this chilly fog. To the south was Mussapel. Mussapel was fire. Everywhere, everything that glowed and burned. Mussapel was light where Nephilim was grey. Mortal lap of the mist world was frozen. The land was aflame with the wars of warm heats of blacksmith fire. There was no solid earth, no sky. Nothing but sparks and 
roots in heaps, moss and rocks and burned embers. In Mr. Pell, the, at the edge of things, where the mast burns into light, where the land's end stood stood here, existed, who existed before the gods, he stands there now, holding a flaming sword and a bubbling lava and a freezing mist, or as one to him, to set that Wagner at Wagnerock, which is the end of all of the world. And only then, Sutia will leave his station, and he, he will go forth from Mistapel, and with his flaming sword, and burn the world with fire. And one by one, the gods will fall before him. Between Mistapel and Niflheim was a void, an empty place of nothingness without the form. The rivers of the mist flowed into the void, which is called the Greenwing Gap, or Yawning Gap, over time beyond measure. These poisonous rivers in the region between fire and mist slowly solidified into huge glaciers. The ice of the no in the north of the void was covered in frozen fog and pellets of hail, but to the south, where glaciers reached the land of fire, the embers and the sparks from the sepal and met the ice, and warm winds from the flames land made the air above the ice as gentle and as comfortable as a spring day. Where the spring and the fire met, the ice melted, and in melting, water's life appeared, a likeness of a person, big than words, bigger than any giant there will be, or ever has been. This was neither male, nor was female, but it was both at the same time. The creature was the ancestor of all giants, and it called itself Ymir. Ymir was not the only living thing to be found by the mountain of the ice. There was also a hornless cow. More enormous than the mind could hold, she licked the salty blocks of ice for food and for drink, and the milk that she ran from her four udders full of like buffers. It was this milk that nourished Ymir. Yet the giant drank all drank the milk and group. Ymir called the cow Alderheimer. The cow's pink tongue licked people from the blocks of ice. The first day, only a man's hair. The second, his head. And by the third, a whole ship of the land was revealed. It was Bui, the ancestor of the gods. The men slept, and the wild slept, and gave birth. A male and female giant were born from beneath Yumir's left arm. A six-headed giant born from its legs. From these, Yumir's children, all giants, are descendants. Bui took a wife from among giants, and they had a son, who they called Boar. Born like Bistria, the daughter of a giant, and together, they had three sons, Odin, Lily, and V. Odin and V, Lily and V, the three sons of Bor grew into manhood. They saw as they grew far off the flames of Mustapel and the darkness of Niflheim, but they knew that each place would be dead to them. The boys were trapped forever in Gullin Gap, a vast gap between the fire and the mist. They might as well go nowhere. There, are no, there was no sea and no sand, no grass, no rocks, no soil, no trees, no sky, no stars. There was no world, no heaven, and no earth And that, that time. The gap was nowhere, only an empty place went to be filled with life and with existence. It was time for the creation of everything. We and Valley and Odin looked at each other and spoke of what they needed to do there in the void of Guinea-Mugabaka. They spoke of the universe and of life and of the future. 
Odin and Lili and Vi killed Jan Ymir. It had to be done. There was no other way to make the worlds. This was the beginning of all things, the death that made all life possible. They stabbed the great giant, blood gushed from the corpse, in unimaginable quantities, floodings of blood, as salty as the sea, and grey as the ocean gushed, up in a flood so sudden, so powerful, and so deep that it swept away and drowned all the giants, only one giant, Bergomir, Yumi's grandson, and his wife survived. By clambering on to a wooden box which bore them like a boat, all the giants we see and we fear today are designed from them. Odin and his brothers made soil from his flesh. From his bones as they piled up into the mountains and cliffs, I walks up and pebbles I was there at the sounding gravel you see. These were Yuma's green teeth, and the fragments of bone that were broken and crushed by Odin, Lily, and Vee in the Battle of Yumia. The seeds that girdle the world's these are for Yumi's bones and his sweat. Look up into the sky and you open the inside of Yumi's skull. The stars you see at night, the planets, all the comets and the shooting stars. These are the sparks that flew from the fires of Mesopel. And the clouds you see by day, you will want Yumi's brains. And who knows what thoughts they would be thinking, even now. The world is a flat disk, and the seas inside. And cycles the premier, premier. Giants live at the edge of the world, beside these deepest seas. The key to keep the giants at bay, Odin and Vil and Vi made a wall from Mir's eyelashes and set it around the middle of the world. They called the place within the wall Midgard. Midgard was empty, the lands were beautiful, but nobody walked in the meadows or fished in clear waters. Of explored the Rockies, mountains, or stared up the clouds. Odin and Vili and Vi knew that a world is not a world until it is inhabited. They wandered high and low, looking for people, and they found nothing. At last, on the rocky shingle, at the edge of the sea, they found two worlds, sea tasks, that were there, a titan and cast a foot, and on titan and cast a shot. The first world was a log of Ashwood. The Ashwood ash tree is resilient and handsome, and its woods go deep. Its wood craves well and will not split or crack. Ashwood makes good tool handle or the shaft of a spear. The second log we found beside the first on the beach, so close to the first log they almost touched. They were almost touching. The log Elmwood. The Elmwood elm tree is graceful, but its wood is hard enough to make it. Into the toughest planks and beams, you can build a fine house or hall from the elm wood. The gods took these two logs. They set the logs on so they were upright on the sand, the height of people. Odin held them, and one by one he breathed life into them. No longer were they dead logs on the beach, but now they were alive. Really gave them well. He gave them intelligence and drive. Now they can move and they could want. He carved the logs. He gave them the ship people. He carved the ears that they might hear and their eyes, that they might see and lips, that they might speak. The two logs 
stood on the beach, two naked people. He had carved one of male genitalials, while the other he had carved females. The three bars made calls for the women and the man to cover themselves, to keep them warm, and shelling sea spray on the beach, on the, at the edge of the world. Last of all, they gave these two people their made names. The, the man they called Ask, or Ashtree, the one they called Embla, or Elm. Ash and Embla were the father and the mother of all of us. Every human being owes life to their parents, and their parents and their parents before them. Were formed in a fact, and the answers of each of us were Ash and Embla. Embla and Ash stayed in Midgard, safe behind the wall the gods had made from humans' eyelashes. In Midgard, they would make their homes protected from giants and monsters, and all the, all the dangers that were wait in the wastes. In, Mad in Midgard, they could raise their children in peace. This is why Odin is called the Old Father, because he was the father of the gods and because he breathed life into our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. Whether we are gods or mortal, Odin is the father of us all. Today. 